Hi, guys. We're going to just uh, kind of turn this uh, show, uh, Christ Talk with Brother Bill, or Christ Talk Today with Brother Bill, into a slightly different direction today. I want to talk to you about some things that uh, happened over the course of my personal life, share some things with you, and my mistakes. I'm human. Yes, I've made some mistakes. But I want to talk about the Lord, and I really hope that somehow I'm praying that this message and some of these episodes will get out to people who, who are unbelievers, who don't believe in Jesus. And uh, for those of you who might listen to turn out to be Christians or already are Christians, I was hoping that uh, you would maybe learn some of, from some of my mistakes so you wouldn't have to make the same ones. Not that you're um, uh, deficit in any way. You're probably a whole bunch of you are a lot smarter than I ever was. And, uh, but it's, it, there are a lot of subtle influences that go on in a person's life to make, as far as making choices. And I've made some bad choices when I was younger. Um, sometimes they're not necessarily wrong choices or immoral choices. They're just not the best choices that we could have made in any given situation or circumstance. And, uh, I mean, it could be a young man thinking about he's going into the ministry, in that case, I would caution him to be careful and make sure that you uh, you yield to the God to God and the Holy Spirit. For example, uh, who you pick to get married. Uh, don't make the mistake like I did. Go ahead and pray. Oh God, give me this one. I picked her. Now God, I want you to uh, to bring her to me and give her to me. You know, like she's a Christmas present or something. Um, let God make that choice if you're in that situation. Pray carefully. Because it can it can bring a break, great blessing if you get the right person that God intended you to have. Um, you know the old saying: "Be careful of what you might ask for, or you might ask for, you might get it." If you get the wrong person or somewhere in between person, um, you you may not get to be doing the best, or it could even actually prevent you from getting into the ministry. I have a favorite scripture, and this doesn't really speak to that subject, but there's something else that I really want to talk about. Um, Romans 8.38, if you will let me read that to you. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now and I pray earnestly and respectfully that you would somehow get these messages out to people who need to hear them. I know there's plenty of people out there, plenty of people preaching. There's plenty of famous people. There's multi-million dollar ministries that reach out to people. But Father, I'm just praying because I feel like I would, I'm getting older. I don't know how many days you have left that are planned for my life, but my conscience is speaking to me saying that I should make an effort to reach out to people who are not saved, who haven't accepted Jesus. Maybe they don't even believe in God. And I'm not the most polished speaker. I'm not the best person. I have no mega church to offer anyone. All I can tell you from my heart is, uh, that you should believe in God. And so, Father, I pray right now that whatever I say, my words would be touched by you and that I might be able to reach somebody in your name to bring them or to at least point them, because I know the Holy Spirit does the conversion work, to point them to the love of God.
Amen. All right. We've got that prayer out of the way. And I just wanted to share the, with you um, a couple of those things. But the main focus of today is for the unbeliever, the person who says, I don't believe in God. Now, rather than being, as usual, sometimes an intellectual uh, debate or argument or uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, uh, hypothesis? No, that's not it. Uh, there's a whole Christian apologetics, you know, uh, which says know why you believe what you believe. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure apologetics that falls under. Anyway, the point being is, even though I believe God and I know God is a, a God of region, reason and logic, and there are mental signposts that should point you to know that the there is the existence of God and that he's real. Um, I have uh, kind of like aimed this now today in this special place towards your heart. Now, I know there's a lot going on in the world today. Amen. Yep. We got political discord. Everything is the world. And, and it's to be expected, uh, according to biblical prophecy. I get that part. But I told somebody today, well, uh, Brother Jerry, I, uh, I, I really understand we're going in the direction the Bible warns us about as far as the world conditions, the rise of evil, the Antichrist, etc. But I don't want to give up the hope, and I still want to pray for revival in the United States and for other places, that there might be more people. Because I understand God in his infinite omniscient wisdom knows when to step in. He will at some point step in and say, enough is enough. Everybody's been gathered in. And I don't know when the last soul will be accepting salvation. <clears throat> I don't know what day that will occur. And I, I'm, but I, I trust in the goodness of God that he won't leave anybody behind that who falls into what I call the whosoever will category, which relates to John chapter three, verse 16, which says, whosoever believeth whosoever will accept the Lord for God so loved his only begotten son, etc. Most of you Christians are familiar with that. If you're not a Christian, you might not be, but it's one of the most used and famous ver uh, things that are that uh, verses that are uh, presented to tell people that God loves them. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people. Some people are good people. If you have an open heart, I'd like you to listen. Uh, you know, you've heard it. People heard it. God loves you. Oh, God loves you. God loves you. You probably heard it so many times it seems trite to you. But the verse I just read in Romans 8.38 speaks to a very powerful love. Can you imagine this? For I am persuaded that neither life, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, etc., shall be able to separate you from the love of God. My point is, God's love is deeper than any love that you could possibly hope to achieve in this world on your own, or obtain from another person, or receive anywhere. In fact, it's my own personal belief, and someday I'm going to try to crack open my Bible and 
and because I'm firmly convinced of this, what we call love, I'm not, there's different types of love and the Bible uses different ver, uh, words for, but there is a love. It's not, I'm not talking about romantic love. That's something different. There is a love that is so deep and so far that it cannot be destroyed. It cannot be uh, annihilated. It, it cannot be, you can't be separated from it. And that love is God's love. But here's the thing, what I started to say, all real love, all of the, not like I said, romantic love, self-love, there's different kinds of types of love. The type of love I'm talking about is akin to the way, a, 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 I think it's inherited parents, the way they love their children. Most, almost all parents love their children. Um there are some examples that you could probably point to. I'm not talking about those exceptions, but as a general rule, parents love their kids. Now, they don't always do the right thing for them. That's something entirely different. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that all true love really comes from God. The love that a parent has for his children is a gift. The love that they had, that they received from their parents is a gift. All love comes from them. God, the fountain of love. I God, the Bible says God is love. And that is, you know, a, a huge, profound statement. So when people say to you, God loves you, blah, 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 and he goes in one ear and out the other, you may not, in fact, you're probably not hearing it if you're an unbeliever. You think, oh, well, love is, you know, maybe you think the most profound love is marriage. Well, the love between a husband and wife when it's true love, when it is real love, I like the word real love or genuine love even more than saying true love. When you when you think of that, that can be a very profound love. Now, most profound love is sacrificial in nature. If you're getting married today because you have all these reasons in this relationship of what you're going to get out of it, I don't want to knock their socks off, but you're probably making a mistake and you might not even be marrying the right person. If you are ready to sacrifice yourself for the person that you're about to marry, if you're willing to give sacrificially, if you have a sacrificial love, you're probably much closer and much wiser and your marriage is probably going to last longer or hopefully until, uh, you know, until death to us part. That's the part that, you know, are supposed to be in the original marriage vows. People, a lot of people don't even take marriage uh, seriously anymore. Uh, you know, it's marriage isn't supposed to be like a car. You take what you can get until you can do better and maybe get something with fewer miles on it. It's not supposed to work that way. Now, here's the thing. I think almost all of you, unbelievers, atheists, Maybe people who have based their whole life on science, which that can become a false religion on its own. I think most of you, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think most of you would agree that you want to be loved. And people today, there are just millions of people, thousands of people, people in your own neighborhood, people walking around in your everyday part of life that are looking 
And, and, and you know what? They don't even, sometimes they don't realize it in their mind, but they feel it in their heart. They want to be loved. Now, in this world, as crazy as, as it's been, politically speaking, okay, I'm not going to talk about politics. I'm doing my best not to bring that in right now because I want you to hear my words because this transcends politics. This goes beyond being Republican or Democrat or anything else. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure there are a great many of you out there today, right now, that have a desire in your heart. Listen to your heart now. I'm not talking about your mind. I'm not saying to divorce yourself from reality. The Bible, God is a God of logic. Even in Isaiah, it says, come let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, etc." Uh, now, most people focus on the scarlet and the sins being forgiven, but notice that word reason, okay? God is a logic of, of a God of reason and logic. So yes, believing in God and Christianity is a reasonable, logical thing to do if you understand the right uh, things that you, and that, you know, a lot, there's a lot of miseducation going on. But what I'm talking about today is your heart. Where is your heart at? Are you alone? Are you lonely? Are you satisfied with your job? Are you satisfied with whatever the things that you've based your life on? Maybe you've based your life on politics. Mistake, big mistake. There's only really one thing that you should really base your life on, and that is God, belief in God, and knowing his love. Reaching out, experiencing his love, and hearing from God. And this is why there's so many people that are, uh, to some degree, varying from somewhat unhappy. You know those, don't you like those surveys or quizzes they give you? you go, well, are you somewhat unhappy, pretty unhappy? You know, where you fill in the little dots. They ask you a question. And if you did this and that, you know, uh, what caused this? And, you know, all those questions. But, you know, they, they coach and pre-phrase those and they try to, you know, they can those things can be manipulated too. So, but what I'm asking you right now is, do you want to be loved? How deeply do you want to be loved? Now, everybody's going to say, for the most part, people are going to say, yeah, I want to be loved. Okay, but at what level? And that's why I read Romans 8.38, because I wanted you to see how profound, how deep, and, and how uh, unimaginably deep and, and uh, God's love is. He, he, it, it, God's love is full of kindness. God's love is full of uh, affection. God's love is full of... God wants nothing except the very best for your life. But you have to look for him. You have to open your heart to it. You have to take a, a step towards God and he's there. He's waiting to embrace you with his arms open wide. Now, you can go listen to lots of different podcasts. You can, on a variety of subjects. I'm sure there's like probably millions of people out there sending out podcasts about this and about that. And, you know, how to fix your car and what to do in a divorce. And, you know, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. But I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is profound love, a, a love that is life-changing, 
a love that will make you into a different person in your heart. And of course, your mind will follow along if you yield to the Holy Spirit, say a prayer. I'm just saying, hey, give God a chance. Why? Because of his profound love for you. God has a profound love that you cannot even imagine at this point in your life if you don't know him. Now, is God's love going to change all the circumstances in your life instantaneously, instantaneously overnight so that everything's just the way you want it? No, it's not going to happen like that. I mean, there are going to be shocking changes to your life if you yield to Christ, if you give in to God, if you say to God, I want to love you back, God. I want to demonstrate that I love you too, once you feel God's love. But what I'm saying is, is the world is full of all this chaos and strife. How can you put up with it? How can you live with it? Why do you want to live with it? You may be wondering, look, uh, oh, panic, go to the grocery store, the shelves are bare, or or, uh, you know, things have gotten better, then they've gotten worse, they keep going back and forth. Aren't you kind of sick of the instability? You know, this country used to be very stable. Do you know why it was stable? Because it was founded on godly principles. And don't tell me that you don't believe that. Okay, the United States did this wrong, they did that wrong, blah, blah, blah. Of course they did. We were, we were a country founded on ideals. You know, we allowed uh, slavery uh, before I ever came to this. My descendants didn't come to this country. I don't owe anybody anything. I didn't get any privileges because of the color of my skin. And, and I'm, you know, I, but if you trace back history and you look at, look at it at the right point of view, there were godly principles for this country. And it grieves me to see what's happening to our country. And I promised I wasn't going to get into politics. I'm not getting into politics. I'm just trying to demonstrate to you that God's love is profound. So we have all these people walking around. Are you happy today with the pandemic? Are you happy with the world that you live in? I've got great news for you. I know people have probably told you about heaven. But do you know why I want to tell you about heaven today? It's because... We cannot, as mortal men, I don't care what whether you use scientific, political means, whatever, we can't create heaven here on earth ourselves. But your heart inside you has a longing for heaven. Why? Because, and I believe this, I believe that our souls at the very least existed with God before we came to be born on this earth. And in any case, the point is you have something inside of you, inside your heart that longs for God's love. And if you don't believe in God, you don't even know what that is that's tugging on your heart. You're in pain in some small subconscious level, perhaps, where you, you sense something is wrong. It hurts. Why do things go wrong? Why do get people get sick and die? Well, let me tell you something. Would you want to be immortal? living in the condition of the world as it is today, in some sense, death is actually an act of mercy. You get to leave this world, and yes, there is another world, and yes, you do go on, and if you believe in God, you get to be in heaven, in the very presence of God, and know him deeply, 
and you will know him. You can know him here on this world. I'm not saying you can't. In fact, I'm saying quite the opposite. You can know God and you can understand and you can figure it out. And there is a rational, logical explanation of why you were created, what your purpose is, what your divine purpose is, and what other things you may questions you may have. There are quite a few answers. And yes, we may have to be patient and wait to get to heaven. But my point is, there. I tell people all the time, all the governments of men, whether it's communists, uh, socialists, Marxists, yada, 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 they're all imperfect. Okay? So don't expect the government or institution of church to be perfect, by the way. <clears throat> men run them. They make mistakes. That doesn't mean that they overall they don't do a good job in many cases. So I'm not knocking that. I, I was I struggled for a long time with organized religion because I until I came to the understanding, you have to realize religion and God are not the same thing. Religion is just a descriptive term of men trying to figure out, first of all, does God exist? Okay, yes. Then what do I do? And what does God expect of me? And then so forth and so on. And it develops and it goes from, uh, it goes from, sorry, I had a little interruption there with the computer. It goes on from there in any case. And so religion is not synonymous with God. Okay. I want you to think and know and believe in your heart that God is a real person. Let's say we'll call him a person, even though he's you could argue he's a deity, he's perfect. And by the way, the definition of sin is anything less than God's perfection. So we live in this imperfect world. To admit you're a sinner is nothing more than saying, I am imperfect. I'm an imperfect being. So we have all these imperfect governments. And what I started to say earlier was, this is an object lesson that God is using to demonstrate to you that there is no way we as mortal men, imperfect beings, can create a perfect political system, social system, justice system, whatever you want. Now, we can, I believe the United States of America is the best out of the governments that we have, but it's made a lot of mistakes. But what I'm really talking about is godly ideals, principles and ideals that our country was built on. Did our country live up to those principles and ideals? Of course they didn't always because they're run by uh, mortal men. <laughs> I'll spit it out there, but yeah, they're all run by mortal men and all mortal men are imperfect beings. If you want to live in a perfect place, if you want to live someplace where love is perfect, if you want to live in the presence of somebody that loves you more than anything in the entire world that you could imagine, you want to be in the presence of God someday, standing in heaven. And you want to start stepping into that love now, today, and, and accept Jesus Christ as Lord. And we'll talk about why and etc. in some other episodes. But let me start this out with you right now. If you're out there and you don't feel loved, I invite you to know somebody that loves you more, far more than I could. 
Now, I have a problem, and I freely admit it. When I love somebody, because I believe that God is love and that all love, like a river, emanates from him, it goes from him to the parent, to the child. It goes from him to the neighbor who passes it on to us. You see, this is what we really need right now. This is what we really need. And, uh, uh, you know, there's people in our political structure in the United States that have forgotten that our political system isn't supposed to be winner takes all. It's not like that. The founding fathers didn't, and God doesn't uh, want us to rule that way. But it's not supposed to be winner takes all. That's what the Electoral College was all about, so that a few states wouldn't have power over the other. I promised I know I wasn't going to talk about politics, but I'm talking about them failing as a system and why you cannot find the love of Christ or the deep, profound love that you're seeking. You can't find it in a political system. That's my point. And that's why I kind of veered a little off course there to try to get that across to you right now. I I pray that I do in the name of the Lord. I just, I really want you to understand how much God loves you. And you've been searching for love. Even when you didn't know it in your mind, your 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 heart, it's, it's a funny thing. I'm maybe not talking about the physical thing beating in your chest, but the seat of your emotions, <laughs> which in, an, uh, in there was a time past, they thought that was the liver of all things. <laughs> Can you imagine little pictures of heart shape or uh, liver shaped, uh, you know, on your Valentine's cards and things like that? <laughs> I, I, you know, come on, I get it. But seriously, I'm talking about the heart, the seat of your emotions. You know, when you lose somebody that you love, like a parent or a child or a brother or a sister, I have good news for you. You don't have to be separated from them. God's love is waiting on the other side for them and you, and we can live in eternity in a perfect world, which cannot be achieved by any political system or any system of man. And I keep missing the, the the point I was trying to make that this is all just an object lesson that man can't rule himself apart from God in perfection. Can't be done. It's not going to happen. It will never happen. It cannot be. It will never happen. And you shouldn't expect it to happen on this world, in this planet of, you know, in this existence. So, Okay, how could it? I think every we all you'd have to be a fool to think that men are perfect. You you would ha- have to be indoctrinated to think any political system is imperfect. Um, it, it it's just lunacy. So here you are. You're sitting here today. You're hearing my words, and I'm saying I love you in the name of Jesus. I don't even know you. But I know of this great, profound love that God wants you to have. And that's what's making me say these things and make this podcast and try to put it out there for you. Because there is a deep love that God has for you. And it's not like the love that the world has. It's not about loving things. You know what? I used to be a car nut. I mean, a motorhead, a gearhead, whatever. I went through a couple hundred cars by the time I was in my 20s. 
Yeah, you, you may not believe that. I'm, no, I'm not exaggerating. I actually wrote a list down and I've had cars. Now I'm a senior citizen. So I, I, uh, I grew up a little when I became a Christian and I became wiser. So I slowed my pace down, but it's always been a weakness. There's just something about a car because you can control it. It makes you feel good to be able to be in control, doesn't it? That's what cars do. Did you know that? Yeah, except when they break down. And that's when everybody panics. Okay, so here's the thing. You get a measure of control in your life. You do get a measure of. There are certain things you get to choose. You can choose what to read. You can turn on Netflix or you can use Amazon Prime. You get to make all these micro decisions, I'll call them, because they're not macro when the, there are, you know, like whether or not to run away if you're drafted back during Vietnam. There are different larger decisions you can still choose. And some of those choices have negative consequences. We'll talk about that someday. We're not going to probably get into it today. But here we are with this subject of love that is so powerful and so great. And, um, you know, th there's just so much to this. I just want you to understand, uh-oh, I think I have to make another session because I'm running out of time. I'm getting to the time limit because I'm using the web browser. But I'll be back in just a little bit and uh, with another episode. But I want to talk some more about that love of God, of the love of Jesus, a profound love. Keep that thought and we're going to get right back to you. <music> 